When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along. Tradies Jews in a nutshell. Good to be with you. No Matty Cox today. Uh, that was fun yesterday. We'll have a chat with him, though, tomorrow on the show. Daniel Pettigrew back with you here on SEN 1170 AM. Also, of course, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170, our open line number, as always. And you can text 0457 73673. Six. That's all before breakfast this morning in Sydney with Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps. For our listers in Queensland, you'll get the first hour of Copes and Jaleesa and then it will be Pat and Heels for you after the six o'clock news. A lot to get through this morning over the course of the next hour before the breakfast show, though. We'll go through the headlines in a second, of course, dominated by the big bash. Josh Brown, what an innings. The tennis moving to the business end of the season there. couple of rugby league stories around as well. Not the best rugby league stories uh, around, but happy to hear from you when we talk about that in just a second. Plus, as always, on a Tuesday, Chris Perkins is going to jump on the line in about 15 minutes. We'll talk all things American sport. Of course, the NFL, speaking of getting to the business end, really at the business end, now only a few weeks away from the Super Bowl. So we will talk to Chris about that. Plus, John Gallo will be on the line to look back Back at the weekend of the EPL with one game to come in just under two hours' time. Plus, uh, the Socceroos in action tonight in their final group game of the Asian, Asian Cup. So we'll talk about all of that with John Gallo, who will join me in about half an hour. But as per usual, want to hear from you. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Our open line number. We'll get to uh, the tennis shortly. Uh, but let's look at the BBL. And tomorrow on the show, Paul Dennett, our cricket expert, will be on the line to preview the Big Bash final. But the Brisbane Heat threw to it after an innings of a lifetime. Josh Brown hitting 10 sixes last night in an amazing innings for the Heat to beat the Strikers and to lock in their spot for the second straight year. Um in the final against the Sydney Sixers, which will be tomorrow night uh, at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, record-breaking century from opening Josh Brown and also a career-best bowling performance from Spencer Johnson. Brown, as I said, uh, not 10 sixes, 12 sixes and 10 boundaries uh, during his explosive 140 off just 57 balls. That is the third highest score in BBL history as the Heat cruised towards a 54-run victory last night. So uh, thanks mainly uh, to that amazing innings from Josh Brown. Um, we saw the Heat manage to post seven for 214 after winning the toss and choosing to bat first. Um, Spencer Johnson said afterwards, that's probably the best innings I've seen in my life. Um Matt Renshaw continued, it felt like anything he hit tonight was going for six. Hopefully Wednesday night he can be on fire again. 
Uh, any of our Queensland listeners listening this morning, and yes, I realise if you were there um, late, it'd be a quick turnaround to be up early because it is only, what, four past four in the morning there. But we'd love to hear from you, 0457 736 736 or 0457 736 736. Um, and also, uh, if you're in Sydney, um, Big Bash final tomorrow night, ticket sales going very, very well. Are you heading to the Big Bash final tomorrow night? And after what you saw from the Brisbane Heat yesterday and what you saw from the Sydney Sixers over the course of the weekend, who's the favourite to win tomorrow night? As I say, we'll talk to Paul Dennett on the show tomorrow morning, but we'd love to hear from you. I would also love to hear from you if uh, you are a Heat fan and you might have, after that amazing display yesterday, brought tickets, plane tickets to fly down and watch the final at the SCG tomorrow night. You never know. There might be a few. And, again, we talk about the big bash here. We spoke about it many, many times with Paul Dennett um, over the past uh, couple of weeks, couple of months. The rejuvenation of the Big Bash, not just this season, but also last season, has been tremendous. And I think it's going to finish in a very, very good final tomorrow night between the Sixers and the Brisbane Heat. As I say, Paul did it on the show tomorrow morning to talk about that. Um, and we will, of course, have coverage here on SEN of that tomorrow night. Uh, Manny Cox, when we spoke to him yesterday, did ask me what the weather in Sydney was going to be. No rain. Sunny tomorrow, top of 30 degrees. Uh, they do, as he mentioned, they do have a reserve day after that if needed, but it won't be needed. Uh, it looks like all systems go there. So what did you make of the game last night? Who would you be favouring at the moment? The Sydney Sixers or the Brisbane Heat? 0457 736 736, our text number. Well, you can call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Were you watching that, or were you watching the tennis yesterday uh, into last night? I have to say, the night session uh, compared to the night before with Alex Demonor and Rublev uh, was all pretty straightforward, really. Um, we'll go through some of the scores in a moment. Probably the most entertaining match of the day yesterday, and I actually watched most of this, was Zarev uh, up against Cam Norrie of Great Britain. Went to a five-set thriller. Went to a tiebreaker in the fifth set. He honestly had no idea who was going to win, but in the end, Zarev uh, just too good in that tiebreaker, winning the fifth set tiebreaker. Norrie pushed him right throughout the match. Um, there are times where you thought Norrie might be going on to win. Uh, he was the 19th seed coming into this tournament, um, but in the end, a five-set thrill-up. Meanwhile, uh, rest of the match is pretty uh, straightforward, all finishing in straight sets or less. Uh, there was heartbreak for the women's number 19 seed, uh, Fidelina, who retired very early in her match after suffering a back injury in the opening game of the contest. Uh, she was looking like the biggest contender from the top half of the bracket, but left the court in tears after only 23 minutes of match time. Victoria Azarenka also went down 7-6, 6-4 earlier on in the day. Carlos Alcaraz, who was first up on Rod Laver Arena last night, the number two seed, uh, did it very, very, very easily. Um, in the end, 6-4, uh, 6-4, 6-4, love. Daniel Medvedev, uh, he was pushed a little bit in his match a bit earlier on uh, that afternoon. Uh, won the first set, uh, set 6-3, won the second set 7-6, uh, lost the third set 7-5, uh, but ended up winning that fourth set and the match 6-1, uh, that fourth set fairly straightforward uh, for Daniel Medvedev, who people, I don't know, maybe you're forgetting a little bit, could be a huge contender 
uh, in this year's competition. So, well done to Danielle Medvedev. Uh, one men's seed was eliminated yesterday. Um, and that was Cam Norrie. All eight remaining players are seeded. And we'll go through today's schedule in just a second. Uh, also in the doubles, uh, Matt Ebden is the sole Aussie survivor. Um, so that is good uh, for the men's. The women's Storm Hunter is the sole Aussie survivor there as well. Um, so... We move into the quarterfinals now. This tournament going very, very quickly. And now all matches, uh, singles matches to be played on Rod Laver Arena. It starts not before 1 p.m. today. Coco Golf in action. Uh, that'll be entertaining. This match, uh, which is not before 2.30, subtract an hour if you're in Queensland, between Novak Djokovic and Taylor Fritz. Fritz is going to be very entertaining. Uh, we saw Novak, and I made mention of it yesterday uh, when we were with Manny Cox on the special edition of tradies we did yesterday, we, we looked at that match between uh, Fritz and Sitsipas, um, and that was a really entertaining match. That went uh, four or five sets, but we look at the Novak-Djokovic match, and there's been a bit of talk about Novak uh, over the past couple of days about his health, where he's whether he might be carrying a cold, maybe something else, um, but he managed to get through uh, his previous match in straight sets, a very, very quick match, but most people saying that he's still not at his best. I noticed Jim Courier in commentary on Sunday talking about Novak Djokovic, that he doesn't look at the best of health. So maybe a chance for Fritz. You would still favour Novak Djokovic, but one to watch. That'll be before not 2.30 this afternoon, so straight after that. First women's quarterfinal. Um, and then tonight, two matches as well on Rod Laver Arena. Sabalenka in action. She'll be first up. And then what about this match? Sinner up against Rublev. Probably won't get underway until about 9 o'clock tonight. The number four seed up against the number five seed. Um, and then there's been a bit of talk about why is Novak Djokovic playing in the afternoon, um, clearly uh, being the number one seed. But when you look at this match, um, Sinner up against Rublev. You can understand why uh, it has become uh, the main match uh, in terms of the men's on centre court tonight. Uh, fourth seed, first, fifth seed. What have you made of the tennis so far? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. There's been a lot of five-set matches this year. Really entertaining five-set matches as well. So what have you made of it? You've been enjoying it? Um, and now once now we're into the quarterfinals, obviously no Australians left in the singles draw, which is, which is a shame. But uh, some good matches to come up anyway. Your thoughts, 0457 736 736, our text number, or you can uh, call the open line anytime, 1300 01 1170. Just before we go to a break, a bit of rugby league news around. One involving the Brisbane, actually both technically involving uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Let's get to this though first. The story around Vegas that broke yesterday afternoon. And that the four, and we'll talk to Chris Perkins about this, but the four Las Vegas-bound NRL clubs are reportedly calling for an urgent meeting with Peter Volandis as confusion grows around players getting visas. So the Broncos, Roosters, Rabbitohs and Sea Eagles will square off, as we know, in a doubleheader in just five and a half weeks' time. But the clubs are worried whether all their players will be able to enter America the teams leave in less than a month and the clubs are frustrated with the lack of information from head office on visas, medical insurance and training facilities in the US. 
Uh, club bosses wrote to NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo on the 16th of December, so this is now more than a month ago, asking for a meeting to resolve the issues. The NRL reportedly indicated to the clubs for months that players could travel to the US on an ESTA, which waives the traveller from needing a visa, but that advice changed last Friday. The NRL emailed the clubs to warn that players who had been arrested could face challenges entering the US. The email said players now have three opportunities, uh, options, sorry, for entry and graded each approach at athlete's visa, which is the most conservative, a conservative, a visitor's visa, and an ESTA, the least conservative. Rabbitoh's boss Blake Solly said his club still supported the groundbreaking venture into the US, but he wanted the questions answered by the NRL. Peter Volandis said he would fix and address any and all issues. He said, I understand their frustrations. However, I'm 100% confident all the matters will be resolved very quickly. I appreciate their strong support for the concept. We're all on the same team promoting this. If it succeeds, it could be one of the greatest things to happen to the game. We'll speak to Chris as I say about it. But they've had time to organise this. And now the advice changing last Friday. I also saw a figure on social media yesterday um, and, of course, you take with a grain of salt some of the stuff you see on social media that only just over 21,000 tickets have been sold to the doubleheader. I'm sure the NRL, whilst they probably don't expect it to be sold out, I'm sure the NRL will be hoping for more than that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of promotion is done in America. Um, and once the NFL season's finished and we have a bit more time with Chris, we'll talk to him about that because that is really, really intriguing to see what happens there. Your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736. And Broncos fans, you'd have got a bit of a scare yesterday when you saw Adam Reynolds had been injured at training and appeared in serious discomfort as he limped off the field. Um, he's reportedly on the cusp of signing a one-year extension. Interested to hear what people think on that as well until the end of 2025. But there have been questions around the veteran's long-term fitness. He missed four games last year with a calf and back injury. And I don't know if you saw the footage yesterday, but it showed Reynolds hobbling off the field without being able to put any pressure on his right ankle. Uh, Broncos club officials said the halfback is getting a scan as a precaution, but added the injury looks very mild. The injury occurred when Reynolds landed on the foot of a teammate, according to the Courier-Mail. The Broncos' head of performance said Adam picked up the injury in a drill towards the end of today's session. He had a scan this afternoon at the Q-Scan Clive uh, facility, which showed a foot muscle strain. And I saw NRL physio say yesterday that, look, he should be expected back at training very soon uh, by the end of the week, potentially. But... Uh, another year for Adam Reynolds until the end of 2025. Broncos fans, rugby league fans, would you be doing that? Would you be re-signing Adam Reynolds for another year? Sensational player has added a lot to the Broncos. But, yeah, interesting, interesting, I reckon. Broncos fans, rugby league fans, Adam Reynolds, would you sign him to another one-year extension until the end of 2025? Text before a break on 0457 736 736 from the Yeovil Treeman. He says, hi, Dan. I think the Sixers and Heat batting lineups are matched very closely. Whilst I think the Heat bowlers have the potential to be more effective, the home ground advantage might be enough to get the Sixers over the line. Thank you, Yeovil Treeman. As I say, we'll have a chat with Paul Dennett tomorrow morning about all of that. But after what you've seen from the Sixers and the Heat, 
who does win tomorrow night. 0457 736 736. You can call the open line anytime, 1300 01 1170. As I say, we'll have a chat with John Gallo very shortly, but Chris Perkins is in America. He's very excited, and he'll join me after the break. It's quarter past five in New South Wales, quarter past four in Queensland, 0457 736 736, our text number, or you can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. Break, and on the other side of this, we'll head to America and speak to Chris Perkins. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And as we do each and every Tuesday morning, it's a very good morning to Chris Perkins. Where do we find you this morning, Chris? Uh, Just south of Asheville, North Carolina. I am up in the mountains. I have been in a search for warmer weather. (laughs) My search has failed. Ah, dear. Apparently nowhere is warm here in this country right now. What temperature are we talking? Because you were talking to us last week about, what, minus 20, minus 25. What are we talking this morning? Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's an improved temperature. It's about 8. Oh, no, that's not too bad. It's, 8 is it's, it's pretty no, good. It's, it's, it, and, and listen, by, by comparison to what I've been dealing with the last couple of weeks, including in Memphis and Atlanta, two places where it doesn't get Super duper cold, mm. uh, eight degrees Celsius. That is board shorts and sunscreen weather. I dare you to send a photo that we can put on socials of you in, in that. All right, let's get stuck into the sport, Not Chris. A, a couple of groundbreaking things yesterday. We'll get to shortly, but of course the NFL really heating up. What have you made of the weekend? Yeah, championship weekend is set in the NFL. We're down to our final three games of the NFL season. It is a sad time of year. Yeah, bittersweet. We got the excitement of the last... Yeah, it it does get bittersweet at this time of year, but we've still got three great games left. And Mm. if they're anything like the games we had this weekend, uh, get the five-point harness ready Mm. and strap that sucker in tight because (laughs) it's going to be a wild ride the next three games. Uh, uh, Where do we... I'll tell you what, Dan. Yep. uh, You pick... You pick where we start. Do we start with the heartwarming story of yesterday, mm-hmm. or do we start with heartbreak? Where would you like to start? I think, look, it's early in the morning. It's just past 5 a.m. in New South Wales, 4 a.m. in Queensland. I think we should start with the heartwarming story of yesterday and then go into heartbreak. All right. We will start with the heartwarming story. That would be the Detroit Lions. Mm. The Detroit Lions have been a god-awful franchise for so long. They have not won an NFL title since before the Super Bowl was invented. The last title was 1957. Mm. That's the last time they had won multiple playoff games in the same year until this year because they were at home at Ford Field in front of a raucous, and I mean raucous to the point I'm worried about structural damage (laughs) to the stadium at Ford Field yesterday. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-23 to advance to their first NFC championship game in 32 years. Mm. Uh, that, that day they lost to the Washington, the, well, the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders, uh, in that NFC championship game. Uh, they get another crack at it after 32 years. And if you think about where the Lions have been 
mm. in the last 32 years. This is a team that went 0-16. They went 0 for the season in 2008. Mm. And now they're, they are one win away from playing for the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, think about uh, and for both quarterbacks, in all honesty, the best story of this game was both of the quarterbacks. A lot of great stories out of this. Mm. Baker Mayfield of Tampa Bay, Jared Goff of Detroit. Both of them were first overall draft picks in their draft year. They were the first guy to come off the board in their draft year. Mm. Both those teams that drafted them gave up on them. Mm. Baker, it was Cleveland. Goff, it was the L.A. Rams. Mm. Gave up on them. Mm. Baker bounced around, wound up in Tampa Bay, and he has had a season to remember. He signed a one-year deal last offseason. He's a free agent now. Man is going to get paid big time <laughs> on this offseason. Somebody's going to want him. Tampa's probably, Tampa will obviously be first in line, but he will, he will get some money. He's going to get a nice bag of money out of this. Mm. Uh, he threw for 349 yards yesterday. Jared Goff threw for 287, and, and Detroit winds up winning 31-23 to in a fantastic ball game uh, up at Ford Field in Detroit. And for the Lions fans, the the celebration continues. They they are they are bad. They are they are in places where they've never been. In all honesty, that that's how good this run has been for the Lions this year. Well, and it's always good when sporting droughts get broken. Maybe some of the listeners can text in or read them out shortly. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. When did a sporting drought get broken? Whether it be a premiership or maybe a hoodoo against a team. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. So we've done heartwarming, Chris. Let's now move on to the heartbreaking story. Yeah, a sporting drought that does not end and does not ever seem to end would be in Western New York. Uh, Western New York, Buffalo, they woke up in a very, very, very dark place this morning. Ah. Because every the stars were aligning. Mm. The Bills had won six in a row. They won the AFC. They were the two seed. Mm. They're going to take on their nemesis, the Kansas City Chiefs, mm. who had knocked them out of two earlier playoff years, an absolute classic, mm. including the one two years ago at Arrowhead. They were going to get a chance to host it. Mm. The Chiefs had slipped. This was the trilogy fight mm. where the Bills were finally going to climb the mountain <laughs> and get past the Kansas City Chiefs. And then an old nemesis cropped in. The two most evil words in Western New York, mm. wide right. Oh, dear. 27-24, late in the fourth. Bills are driving. Their drive stalls out uh, around the, 20, the Chiefs' 26-yard line. So that's okay. We're three down. We'll send out Tyler Bass, let him kick a field goal. Mm. And anybody who is by a, around my age who remembers Super Bowl twenty-five? Saw that play instantly flash into their head mm. the moment Tyler Bass's field goal attempt looked like my tee shot. <laughs> looked straight right off the tee, straight down the middle, and then it took a hard right turn. Went mm. wide of the right upright, no good. The Chiefs win 27-24. It looked so much like Scott Norwood's kick at the end of Super Bowl 25, the first of the Buffalo Bills' four straight Super Bowl losses. So once again, it is complete agony, heartbreak, and misery 
in Buffalo, New York this morning, and my heart breaks for that. Remind me to play you in golf one day. Not not that I'm a golf expert, but it sounds like it would be a, at least a very entertaining game. Now, when we speak on a Thursday morning, we will get your predictions because only two games to come before the Super Bowl that's played in a couple of weeks. But we'll hold on to them just for now because uh, we'll build that up for when we speak on Thursday. Now, away from the NFL, there's been a couple of almost history-making stories over the past 24 48 hours, Chris. Yeah, uh, we'll start. I'll tell you what, we'll start with the golf. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll go there because this is a really cool story. And this is kind of a theme of, I think, the day, mm-hmm. 30 years at passing between historic events. Nick Dunlap yesterday at the American Express on the mm. PGA Tour. Uh, he is not a member of the PGA Tour. He is not even a professional golfer. Mm-hmm. Nick Dunlap won the American Express Championship out in California yesterday, shot a 29 under 259. Mm. He is a sophomore at the University of Alabama, Mm. uh, an amateur, so uh, not not a professional golfer. He's the first amateur to win uh, a PGA Tour event since Phil Mickelson won the 1991 Tucson Open. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, we yeah. know how good Phil Mickelson turned out to be. Turned out to have a pretty good career in golf. Uh, Phil did. Mm. Uh, but no, uh, Dunlap, he's the reigning U.S. amateur champion. Uh, he, the bad news for him, mm. now there, there's a lot of good news out of this. There's mm. some bad news out of it. He wins a PGA Tour event. He now has a tour card for the next two years. He has a two-year exemption on tour. Mm-hmm. So he gets to jump right in, doesn't have to go through any of the, you know, doesn't have to go through the Corn Ferry Tour to try to qualify and get his card. He's got a card. Mm. He's also eligible for all four majors now. He already had three of them uh, because he won the U.S. Amateur. But now that he's won a, a PGA Tour event, he can now play in the PGA Championship. Um, so that, that's good news. The bad news for him, he doesn't earn the 500 FedEx Cup points that comes with winning. And he also doesn't earn the million and a half dollar winner's check that wound up going to the second place finisher in the tournament. So he wins the tournament. He gets a nice shiny trophy and absolutely positively no money. Yeah, that would be very disappointing. I I would like the trophy's good, but I would like, I'd like the money. What was the other thing, man? Yeah. The other one is, uh, uh, Tara Vanderveer. Uh, she's the head coach at Stanford, women's college basketball coach. Uh, she, uh, last night, set, her, set the all-time wins record. She won her 1,203rd career game mm. as a head coach in, women, in college basketball. Passes Mike Krzyzewski, number mm. one all-time on the college basketball wins list, regardless of gender, regardless of division. She is top. She is she is a queen of the mountain in college basketball coaching. So wanted to give a shout out to her for a a an incredible career and an incredible accomplishment uh, in women's college basketball. College basketball in general. Uh, she and Mike Shishetsky of over twelve hundred wins. Now the thing is, she's got somebody chasing her. Uh, the um, the, the uh, head coach at Connecticut, he's not all that far behind on the wins list. Uh, so uh, there, there, there could be a little bit of a horse race to see who retires last to wind up with that record ultimately. 
Going to be very, very interesting. Two very good stories. You've been very heartwarming for the most part this morning, Chris. Hey, I just wanted to give you a quick update on Vegas before I let you go because we're only uh, five, yeah. five and a half weeks away uh, from Vegas. And I mentioned this at the top of this show, but uh, the four Vegas-bound NRL clubs, they're uh, calling for an urgent meeting with Peter Volandi. So, Chris, there's a bit of confusion around players getting visas uh, so we know the Broncos, the Roosters, the Rabbitohs are mainly all uh, going there for the double header. Um, however, they have been frustrated with the lack of information from head office on visas, medical insurance and training facilities in the US. So there was some talk around yesterday that any players that have been arrested in Australia previously might have an issue getting into uh, the country. So that's all going to be very interesting to watch. I, I also did see a figure. Now, I don't know know how correct this figure is, but I did own, I did see a figure uh, on social media yesterday saying there's only been uh, around about 21 and a bit thousand tickets sold. So you'd think, Chris, that promotion needs to ramp up a lot over the next month. Uh, it needs to ramp up like evil Knievel jumping the Snake River Canyon. <laughs> it, it, need, it needs a big time boost. Mm. Uh, 21,000. Uh, the Death Star seats well in excess of 60,000. Mm. And it doesn't look great when there's empty seats, even if they're, even if they're all in the upper deck, that's still not a good look. Mm. And, and the whole visa thing, uh, how long have they had to work on this? That, that's not a good sign. That is not a good look that we're five and a half, six weeks out. Mm. And we're not still not sure who's getting into the country. Yeah, it's it is uh, interesting. Um, obviously, the clubs and uh, people said Blake Solly have said one of the people one of the people involved said the four clubs are completely supportive of the NRL's vision of the USA. Volandis, uh, as I mentioned earlier, said he would address and fix any and all issues. Uh, yes, you would have thought it might have been worked on earlier, but anyway, uh, that is not the case and we will see what happens. Chris, we will chat on Thursday morning. A lot to get through. We'll get your preview of the two uh, NFL games coming up across the course of the weekend and of course we're only a few weeks away from Super Bowl. So as I mentioned earlier, I know it's a bit of a bittersweet time for you, Chris, but it's a very exciting time even though you know it's all coming to an end very soon. Yeah, these championship games, San Francisco and Detroit's going to be awesome. Baltimore and Kansas City, oh my goodness. The championship weekend, uh, I think this, I, I predict this will be a weekend where it exceeds the hype. All That's right. How good those games will be. So we'll talk in a couple of days. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, mate. Chris Perkins on the line from America. And as we say, we'll chat to him on Thursday morning. More text calls shortly 0457 736 736. Jump on the open line 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break. Come back with more. On the other side of this, we're going to talk some football of the round ball kind with John Gallo right after this. Tuesday morning, Tradies News in a nutshell. Good to have your company. Keep those texts coming in, 0457 736 736, or you can call 1300 011170. And it is, of course, it's, uh, you just heard with that jingle time, to talk football. Jonathan Gallo is on the line. Good morning to you, John. Good morning to you, Dan. Happy Tuesday as always. Yeah, happy Tuesday. Second day of the week already. The week's flying, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely going 100 miles an hour, as expected, and the year will be flying, and soon it'll be 2025, mate. So, uh, yes, uh, enjoying it while I can, and uh, 
lot to talk about on the football side of things as well, so it should be good. Yeah, a stack to talk about. Of course, another, as we mentioned on Friday morning, another condensed round of the EPL. And now after uh, this round, after this game, a little later on this morning, uh, no games until next Wednesday. So another little break in the EPL. But let's go through the games that were played over the course of the weekend. And let's go back to Saturday. A huge win for Arsenal, 5-0 over Crystal Palace. Yeah, massive victory for Arsenal. A double by Martinelli. Uh, two fantastic goals. Trossard found the back of the net, as well as the centre-back Gabriel uh, scoring a wonderful header to kick things off. But 5-0 is all she wrote for Arsenal. Fantastic result, fantastic performance. Gets them back into the winning circle, which is something they've been missing over the last couple of weeks. And to some people, uh, they've been out of the title race because of it. So hopefully for Arsenal fans, this win and this 5-0 thumping gets them right into the conversation again as potential title contenders. For Palace, the sad story keeps rolling on, unfortunately, for Palace. They've been sliding down the ladder in the last couple of months. A lot of pressure on Roy Hodgson, a lot of pressure internally as well on the managing director, Steve Parrish, the owner of the football club, as to whether or not he'll come or he'll go. Uh, the Palace mm. fans are very, very disjointed at the moment. And uh, mm. so obviously the side's on-field performances certainly reflect the same thing. So it's a worrying time for Palace, a great victory for Arsenal. Uh, also, uh, over the course of the weekend, Brentford, a high-scoring game. Brentford 3 over Nottingham Forest 2. Yeah, fantastic game for the neutral. First game back for the suspended Ivan Tony. He scored a, a free kick in this game as well. So uh, a much-needed return for, for the Bees, having Ivan Tony back in form and scoring in the back of the net like he always does. Um, a big victory for, for Brentford. Hopefully this will lift their spirits and get them up into good form. They've been wavering in the last couple of months with their form. Very, very inconsistent. Been sliding down the wrong half of the ladder as well as a result. So hopefully this uh, close victory against Forrest, the struggling Forrest side, will lift the morale inside Brentford. For Forrest, the disappointing loss that keeps them closer to the relegation dogfight. They are a couple of points above relegation battle, but certainly they're sliding in the wrong direction. So hopefully for Forrest, they can pick things up, but a a good, tough win for Bradford. Some interesting results yesterday morning. The first of them in injury time as well. 13 minutes of injury time. Sheffield United, West Ham 2, all Sheffield United with the late equaliser. Yeah, this will feel like all three points dropped for Hammers fans. They were up 1-0, then it was 1-0, then they went up again. Hammers fans 2-1 up, and then uh, Sheffield United came back and scored a late equaliser, as you mentioned. And uh, for West Ham, it's a hard pill to swallow. They've been in decent form in the run-up of this game, facing a bottom place, Sheffield United. A Sheffield United side has been really struggling of late. I think West Ham were expected to get all three points in this one, so they must feel like it's all been three points dropped all of a sudden. Uh, a difficult pill to swallow, as I said, but uh, a really good point for Sheffield United. Gives them some glimmer of hope maybe to get out of relegation, but it's a, it's a very long shot, but we'll have to wait and see. So a very, very good point for the Blades nonetheless. Liverpool uh, maintain top spot on the ladder, at least for now. A very impressive 4-0 victory over Bournemouth. Yeah, very convincing. Liverpool, I mean, they had a lot of concern coming into this game that this was a potential banana peel for them because Mm. Bournemouth had been in great form leading up to this game. Like we spoke about last time I was on the show, Dan, it was a real danger game for Liverpool. They need to be wary of Bournemouth given their recent run of form. Liverpool as well obviously had great form coming into this game, being top of the table by two points ahead of Man City. There is a lot of pressure inside Liverpool to keep the uh, the pace going and keep ahead of Man City as long as possible. Obviously now Man City in good form with Kevin De Bruyne back. But the other big part of, of Liverpool at the moment is Mo Salah. 
being injured in the African Cup of Nations, going up with a hamstring injury. So all that news coming around this game was a very nervy time for Liverpool fans. But luckily, they got the job done 4-0. Very, very convincing in the end. Nothing to worry about if you're a Liverpool fan, as it turns out. Um, but yeah, fantastic three points. For Bournemouth, it's a little bit of a stumbling block for them. They weren't expected to win this game. But uh, hopefully it doesn't damage their morale too much because they've been in great form since. And hopefully that form for Bournemouth can continue. But a great win for Liverpool to keep on top of the uh, EPL ladder. Yeah, very important win with a lot of teams chasing them. I know I asked you last week, but I'll ask you again. The one remaining game this weekend, if you want to classify this weekend, this round of the EPL is coming up very shortly. In just over an hour's time, Brighton taking on Wolves. How do you see that one going? Yeah, Brighton have been fairly inconsistent, sitting in eighth spot. Wolves just hanging outside the top half of the table in 11th spot. Uh, three wins on the road. Wolves have been in good form. Gary O'Neill's side have really picked up the pace, whereas the Zerby side have been a little bit inconsistent compared to where they were last season. I think this is going to be a draw on the balance of things. There's not much difference between the sides in form, nor on the EPL ladder side of things. They're very, very close to each other. So I'm going to go with a draw on this one. I think it'll be a very, very even game. Brighton at Brighton at home obviously will be a difficult proposition, but I think a draw may be the result in the end. A-League over the weekend, oh, back on Thursday night, MacArthur 3 defeated the Brisbane Raw 1. We saw Wellington Phoenix and Melbourne Victory have a one-all draw. Very impressive win by Sydney FC on Friday night out at Allianz Stadium, 4-0 over the Newcastle Jets. We saw Perth Glory 2 over the Western Sydney Wanderers 1, and on Sunday it was the Central Coast Mariners 2 over Melbourne City 1. Uh, there is a game tonight as well, the Newcastle Jets taking on the Brisbane Raw. And speaking about games tonight, remiss of us if we don't mention this, the final group game for the Socceroos. They're going to be in action at 10.30 tonight. Of course, uh, they've already made it through to the next round. They've won their two matches. Probably, John, and we spoke about this uh, off-air the other day, less than convincing. How do you expect them to go tonight? Yeah, the last two group games, both against Syria, um, you know, have been very, very, you know, as you said, very, very unconvincing performances and, and results by the Socceroos. But they've got two wins nonetheless. They've got the, the three points on the board. They're now sitting at six in total after two wins after the first two group games. So that's something to be smiling about if you're a Socceroos fan for sure. Uh, against Uzbekistan, there's a lot of chances created by last time when Syria played Uzbekistan and we were able to beat Syria 1-0. So based on that little mathematical equation, we should be able to beat Uzbekistan fairly well, although we haven't been at our best in the last two group games as I just touched on. So it is a, it is a worrying sign. Hopefully the Socceroos pick up the pace as we head into final football. The Asian Cup will be getting more and more difficult as the weeks go on, no doubt. Uh, so let's hope for the Socceroos' point of view we can chalk up a big result and a big performance to match. John, great stuff. We will chat again very soon. Enjoy the Socceroos game tonight and we will catch up again soon. Have a great Tuesday. You too, mate. Catch up soon. John Yellow talking all things football. Don't forget, you can always call 1300 01 1170. Text 0457 736 736. This is Trady's News in a nutshell for your Tuesday morning.
Yeah, good to have your company. Breakfast not too far away. Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps. For our Queensland listers, you'll get the first hour of Copes and Jaleesa, and then it'll be Pat and Heels. A text on the text line 0457 736 736. Don't forget, by the way, we're here for the Makita XGT, the professional choice uh, for cordless workwear. Uh, this one says, can you please ask John, sorry I missed this uh, during the chat, but can you please ask John uh, why there are random one-week breaks in the EP at the moment. Well, I did mention that when we spoke with John. Thank you for the text. No name on it. When you uh, do send in a text, would love to uh, read out your name, uh, number ending in 704. We've spoken to John about this in the past um, and quite recently where we've had a sort of a split round, haven't we, uh, over the past couple of weekends. And now, as you correctly point out, there's no EPL again after this morning's match. There's no EPL again until uh, next Wednesday. Um, and that comes off the back of last month. We had a game basically every day over the Christmas New Year period. Uh, a lot of reasons for breaks in EPL, FA Cup, Champions League, international uh, rounds as well. Of course, at the moment, we've got the Asian Cup going on, also the Africa Cup of Nations. So there are EPL players missing out uh, there as well because they're playing their eye. Um, and we spoke to John just last week about it and happy to have another chat to him about it on the back of this text next time we speak to him. But I... I'm of the opinion that, and as I said last week, when I was over there, even for the Football World Cup a couple of years ago, what, 18 months ago, less than 18 months ago, there are a lot of people um, over in the UK who would have preferred just the EPL to keep on going and not worry about the World Cup because the EPL does take precedence. But as John said last week when, he, when we asked him, uh, I said, does it affect them? Um, and uh, this bit of stop-start nature, and he said, no, they're pretty much used to it, which they would be. Um, but I agree, it is a little annoying. Uh, you get into the EPL, then it's off for a week, then it's back on. Hopefully we get some consistency after this. Uh, just a statement from Cricket Australia yesterday, clearing Usman Khawaja. He has been cleared to play the second test match against the West Indies in Brisbane uh, coming up on Thursday. Khawaja was assessed again yesterday and has no symptoms of delayed concussion. He will train at the Gabba today. So good news for Usman Khawaja. Uh, it was a little nasty yesterday, uh, well, last week in that, basically last couple of balls of the test match, but he will be able to play on on a Thursday. Thank you for your company today. Tomorrow on the show, Maddie Cox right off the top of the show. Changing things up a bit. Maddie Cox will join me right off the top of the show to talk about all the big things in sport from Melbourne. And Paul Dennett will be on the line to preview a massive night of cricket with a big bash final tomorrow night. So looking forward to that. That is it from me today. Trent Copeland, Jaleesa Apps coming up with the breakfast show. Pat and Heels in an hour's time for people listening in Queensland. And I'll catch you tomorrow morning for the Wednesday show. Have a great day.